Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 71 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is Ethics and Compliance Trends and Predictions. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. We're recording this again in Sicily, and that's why we have the uh, beautiful Sicilian uh, music in the background. Um, Before we get started, I have two points. First, please subscribe to our podcast and rate the podcast to help let other compliance professionals find it on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, Second, I wanted to mention that my law firm, the Volkoff Law Group, provides ethics and compliance program services, including program design and implementation, assessments and audits, and integration planning for newly acquired businesses. We have extensive uh, experience in this area and are frequently retained for our reputation in providing practical and targeted solutions that advance compliance needs, promote an ethical culture, and support business operations. If interested in our services in this area, please contact me at mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Well, let's take a look at some of the uh, year-end trends. Uh, For me, it's kind of a rite of passage. Um, You know, there have been changes and trends in the enforcement arena. And I guess in the ethics and compliance area, sometimes I think it's moving quickly. And sometimes I think as a discipline and a profession, it continues to move slowly. Um, There's much that is written about compliance and current or immediate trends. And in reality, I think on the ground, compliance as a force moves relatively slowly within each company. It has nothing to do with the value or the commitment of companies to compliance, but more importantly, and frankly, the overriding influence that I observe is that companies are slow to change, and they're, unless they're forced to do so by the government or some you know, overwhelming economic uh, change or factor. So I guess in my, uh, as I head into the uh, you know, midlife old age perspective, Uh, I've become a lot more realistic about the pace at which change can occur. So corporations are slow to move. Uh, It's like a large ship changing direction. It's unfortunate, but it's part of the reality. Uh, Companies have strong internal and external forces that can slow change advocates or managers who are, you know, pushing uh, major changes. So let's look at compliance within this sort of realistic framework. Um, there, on the other hand, while change moves slowly, I do see uh, change as kind of a pace setter in the corporate governance landscape. Um, uh, even within that small area, um, corporate governance changes are often accompanied or led by uh, changes in ethics and compliance. Uh, many companies from my perspective, maintain deficient ethics and compliance programs. They're not uh, effective. And as a result, uh, you know, compliance professionals are in high demand these days since corporate leaders uh, are now more regularly embracing compliance as an important objective among competing priorities. So at the same time, I think besides the sort of demand within companies for professionals, Uh, The market is responding to compliance needs, especially in the design of new and automated compliance-focused technologies. 
you know, some may sort of scoff at the continuing focus. Uh, there's a lot written on compliance and technology. After all, compliance, you know, is a function that ultimately depends on humans and interpersonal relationships. So this magic bullet of uh, technology is often derided. Um, but in reality, uh, there's much to be uh, gained and talked about in terms of technology and leveraging resources. But on the human element, I mean, take, for example, the risk of a whistleblower retaliation has little to do with technology or automated solutions and everything to do with people-to-people treatment, communications. You know, you may deliver things or carry out functions through technology, but ultimately the company's culture is going to depend upon uh, interpersonal relationships, messaging, and communications. Um, But corporate compliance is really tracking now along two major trends, one that emphasizes the company's culture, meaning the company's adoption, communication, and adherence to a code of ethics uh, and as a way to guide its day-to-day activities. And then in parallel, CCOs are seeking efficient technologies and automated solutions for managing controls. Uh, and these are marketed by vendors with, you know, quickly advancing platforms and technical capabilities that uh, are designed to promote and ensure compliance. So these two themes are not really competing nor mutually exclusive. They work in tandem and reinforce each other. A company's culture, for example, is insurance against corporate misconduct. And in the end, a culture of ethics creates sustainability and an environment in which companies can increase profitability. A corporate compliance program that is organized around effective technologies also minimizes costs, promotes efficient solutions, and maximizes uh, compliance given a set of resources. So this past year, companies continue to focus on the value of their corporate cultures. Corporate leaders have definitely identified the need for promoting corporate culture, not just to avoid potential government enforcement actions, but as a separate goal meant to achieve optimal business performance. Ethical companies perform better in the marketplace than unethical companies, and CEOs know that. Corporate leaders recognize this important reality, but now... Uh, They need help in how do they do that uh, and being educated in how to demand that corporate compliance officers uh, manage and supervise or oversee the company's culture and facilitate the oversight by the board and by senior management. Meanwhile, the compliance industry is monitoring and embracing these technological solutions to manage things like third-party risks policy management, administer hotlines, generate and monitor compliance data, and manage, let's say, your supply chain. You know, technology, what's interesting from my perspective is technology is sort of bringing together business and compliance interests. As the company advances technologically, so do the compliance capabilities. So technology is, uh, you know, facilitates both the company's business and its related uh, compliance support functions. So now companies may have the capability for embracing artificial intelligence, blockchain, reg tech solutions that are built on powerful uh, computer processing capabilities. Um, The new technologies offer expansive capabilities to search large amounts of data 
implement machine learning solutions and generate large amounts of data that can facilitate identification of financial and behavioral anomalies. So without using too much hyperbole, uh, compliance is definitely evolving and will ultimately advance corporate governance functioning. Uh, corporate innovations occur regularly with new products and services, and compliance is an important influence is the, in this process. So as time passes and more resources are allocated to compliance, the corporate governance landscape may radically change over the next five years. In other words, buckle up, we're in for an interesting ride. So here, let's turn now to 2019 and some of some of the predictions. Um, you know, trends come and go in the compliance field while, you know, effective solutions and strategies, you know, gain a foothold, foothold slowly, but surely and uh, eventually they become a best practice or an industry standard. You know, to those who complain that ethics and compliance is a profession riddled with vague guidance, amorphous standards, lax discipline, my response is always that such critics really fail to understand how compliance works in the real world and how on the ground uh, we're seeing new and effective compliance strategies uh, being created by a profession that's committed to ethical cultures and uh, committed to building compliance programs that detect and prevent code and legal violations. The compliance profession has a broad mandate and eventually, I think, is going to transform business operations by embedding ethics and compliance as a key business function that promotes sustainable growth and contributes to the productive use and value of corporate assets. That is the profession's mantra, and that is it is and should be its code. So let's look at some of the strategies, tools, and trends for 2019. We've talked, and I often talk about ethical cultures. Compliance has fully embraced this trend and renewed its commitment to me to, to promoting a company's ethical culture. As a pure economic matter and as research has consistently shown, an ethical culture is the most cost-effective control that a company can implement. It is a compliance win-win because CEOs and senior managers easily understand the importance of an ethical culture to the success of a company. The challenge for CCOs has been and will continue to be educating the board and senior management on how to promote, measure, and monitor an ethical culture. New and cutting-edge innovation is needed here to advance the ethical culture issues. There are some companies that are attending to their culture more than other companies, and they're starting to develop these kinds of strategies. Uh, CCOs have to embrace these creative solutions and argue in favor of additional resources and new approaches to uh, maintaining a company and promoting a company's ethical culture. Um, you know, in terms of tools that are being used in this area, I think uh, we're seeing more focus on incentivizing supervisors and managers to own the compliance issue. Um, positive rewards for ethics and compliance responsibilities, um, uh, bonuses, financial benefits to 
bonuses, bonus levels, uh, dependent upon specific evaluations on ethics and compliance performance, not just as part of your employee uh, review and assessment, but uh, providing more incentives for engaging and owning uh, the compliance issue. Another trend that we see is uh, board partnership and oversight. CCOs have been frustrated for years by the failure of corporate boards to support the compliance mission and understanding how to conduct oversight and monitoring of the compliance function. Uh, This is slowly starting to change. Uh, The first evidence of this is the increase in board training, which is always a good first step. But CCOs have to devote more attention, and I think they will this year, to engaging board members, developing positive commitments to compliance, and ensuring that board members understand the critical function and benefits of compliance. I think we'll continue to see upticks in the uh, rate of training, as well as the um, uh, sort of the education and access that the CCO has to the board for reporting purposes, uh, being quarterly reports, being robust reporting, and uh, having an executive session uh, with the board. Uh, I think we're going to see more and more companies uh, create the proper structural reporting relationship with CCOs. Uh, Another trend we see is obviously automation and technology, and we've seen, you know, sort of the beginning of what I call the compliance technology revolution in 2018. Third-party risk management is driving some of this change, but more is being uh, driven by reg tech solutions that are increasing capabilities for artificial intelligence, machine learning, and the rapid explosion of computer processing capabilities. Even in non-regulated companies, CCOs are demanding automated and paperless solutions that allow CCOs to leverage resources and improve uh, auditing and monitoring capabilities. And this trend will definitely increase in 2019. It's being driven by demand from the CCOs and by supply by the industry uh, response to this growing demand. And these new solutions are going to continue to be developed uh, and expanded, and rapid innovation, I think, is going to continue each year, uh, including this uh, upcoming year. What this does, I think, is um, this also leads to sort of breaking down, technology sort of leads to breaking down silos and barriers to cooperation. So you can have cross functions uh, with compliance working uh, closer, for example, in procurement, uh, vendor onboarding processes, accounts payable, contract management, and uh, coordination between compliance and legal. These types of solutions are all uh, technology is helping uh, to bring together various functions that, you know, would uh, years ago have been sort of separate in separate silos and depend upon sort of personalities to, or persons to bring together uh, their functions and sharing information. So uh, technology definitely helps in this area. Um, we'll also see, I think, technology is helping to advance contract to invoice to payment processes so that Contracting is becoming more standardized, payment systems more standardized, 
uh, in freeing somewhat resources to um, look for anomalies, look for the red flag, verify services, provide, uh, you know, ensure appropriate payment amounts are being uh, uh, made and carried forward, and uh, eliminate uh, segregation of duty conflicts. Um, standardizing your vendor and supplier onboarding process is something that all the companies are struggling with or dealing with. Um, and uh, luckily, we have automated solutions that are out there, and uh, those are definitely taking hold, and more companies are taking their supply chain, taking their vendor lists, and uh, you know, starting to manage those for risk, not just legal risks, but uh, you know, economic risks, uh, reputational risks, and things like that. Um, compliance data is another outgrowth of technology, and as part of the automation and technology demand, CCOs are embracing compliance program data. It, it, what I eventually predict will happen is we'll have a one-stop compliance dashboard will eventually evolve and replace the hodgepodge of compliance solutions used by compliance professionals or functions within a company. Compliance programs, as it is right now, generate a large volume of data. Some of the data is more relevant than other t- types of data, and one uh, trend I see is people are learning and professionals are learning how to quickly call the relevant and prioritize the use of data in a compliance program, and they're avoiding uh, using data for data's sake. Um, there's a cost to collecting uh, in time and money uh, data uh, and, and gaining uh, relevant inf- insights um, and inferences relating to your compliance program. So more work will be done in this area. I think we'll start to see, um, you know, companies, most companies with some kind of uh, data generation type programs and focuses. Um, We also... uh, We also see, as another trend, regular assessments. Uh, Compliance programs and CCOs are now uh, focused a lot more on measuring, assessing, auditing, and improving their compliance program as a way uh, in conducting ongoing monitoring-type operations. Um, This is important. The assessment of your culture, of your compliance program, uh, is something that's becoming continuous, uh, and not just every three to five years, uh, whereas, you know, you may have an annual process, but then maybe every three years have a more robust, in-depth process, be it for risk assessments, be it for um, ethics, uh, culture assessments, or other things that uh, need to be examined, like your third parties, let's say. Uh, one of the last trends that I wanted to mention, and I think is significant uh, in And I think if there's one major trend that needs to occur and is slowly growing, it is the need for compliance programs to implement proactive auditing programs that are separate from or conducted even in addition to the internal audit uh, auditor's responsibilities. Uh, Compliance has to monitor its activities and can no longer rely on others like the internal auditor to provide such insights. And compliance professionals have to design and implement a proactive auditing strategy using their own, quote-unquote, independent auditing staff in the compliance department. 
and at the same time, uh, CCOs have to use creative tools for such audits, including sampling, desk audits, and financial monitoring of non-material transactions, because that's the exposed risk that never gets addressed. Um, and this is a real issue for CCOs for the next year, and CCOs have started to recognize the value of this strategy. And I think we're going to see a lot of developments here in the proactive uh, auditing space. Well, that's, a, that's just my review in terms of looking at the beginning here of 2019 and where we expect to go. Um, let's close this out, and, uh, and I'll do that with another Sicilian or the rest of the Sicilian uh, folk song. Um, thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.bocoflaw.com our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you Me. Mm-hmm.